The story starts in April 2011 in a village called Darya Khan which is situated in Punjab and Punjab is one of the provinces that make up Pakistan. So this village Darya Khan is a subdivision of Bakkar district and according to 2017 census of Pakistan it had a population of 360 to 427 citizens. So when you compare it to the city population that's barely anything. So in Darya Khan a family is at the graveyard to bury a loved one named Saira Parveen who passed away at the age of 24 after battling throat cancer. In Islam after someone passes away the person undergoes the rituals of cleaning the body all the family members friends loved ones they pray for the person who has passed and then all the men of the family take the body to the graveyard their rituals done there and the body is buried and for 40 days the grave is not cemented and the next day then women are allowed to come and visit their loved one's grave when we speak about Saira Parveen there is not a lot of information about her but when the family members went to visit her grave the very next day they were absolutely horrified at what they discovered according to dawn news a media agency in pakistan at the darya khan police station an fir was lodged by saira's brother ijaz against her grave being exhumed he stated quote we op- we walked to the grave and were horrified to discover that the body had gone we called the local elders who called the police unquote there is a lack of information about the investigation and what exactly happened that led them the police to the brothers of this case the perpetrators of this case but upon probing the neighbors the graveyard caretaker those around who knew the brothers the police narrowed it down to these two specific brothers so who are these brothers let's uncover their background mohammad arif born in 1949 and mohammad farman born in 1984 were the youngest two out of the 11 brothers and sisters one of their sisters who they were very close to was mentally disabled arif and farman they came from a poor family their father was a small scale landlord a landlord is someone who owns agricultural lands and their mother was a housewife when we talk about 11 brothers and sisters you must be like what but i need to make a note here that in pakistan especially in the rural areas where this case happened they have no concept of family planning culturally it is believed that the more children you have the more earnings those children will provide for you when they do grow up so not a lot of thought is given on what about how will we feed and educate these 11 kids that there's no concept of education in these areas in fact people in the rural areas they believe that education in itself is useless they rather have their sons help them in harvesting and farming and they rather have their daughters help in household chores like cooking and cleaning uh, but 
education in itself is not given a priority and even if children are sent to schools they're usually taken out of school after the 8th grade 9th grade 10th grade so i don't agree with this way of thinking but this is something that is practiced a lot especially in the rural areas of pakistan so according to the cousin of arif and farman quote their mother died when they were children an influential feudal lord occupied their agricultural land and hunger prevailed in their home their upset father would beat and torture his children once they grew up they started taking revenge on those who did them wrong as children starting with their father they beat him and kicked him out of his own house unquote. i'm not going to believe the statement of the cousin completely because officially this was not verified neither was it noted by the police this was a statement given by the cousin to the media house so i don't know maybe it was just to gain media coverage i don't know but because there is very little and very uh, a scarcity of valid information about the brother's personal life i'm just going to take this as okay it could have been the situation or maybe it really wasn't i don't know um so once they kicked their father out they got into petty crimes and they started abusing drugs and because eventually they were high and idle and with no job no education really to support them to get a job they started picking fights with their neighbors they started creating a very hostile environment around them with their neighbors and i just want to make a side note that this is very common uh, not the starting fights but uh, this particular class which is poor and illiterate they usually succumb to abusing drugs and they get involved in committing petty crimes just so that they can fulfill that need for drugs and it happens way more than it should but anyway that was just a side note but upon investigation the police had stated that the brothers were married and they also had children but their wives got fed up of their behavior and their drug abuse and they left them according to an article in bbc news it was mentioned that inspector bhatti who investigated this case traced both the women and questioned them both women complained that their husbands did not work they used to beat them and lock them in the house when they went out which usually was during odd hours eventually they could not handle the abuse by their husbands and they left leaving behind the two brothers and their disabled sisters their disabled sister another article claims that farman's wife left him a year into the marriage and arif's wife who had been married to him for 7 years she left him and took their two children with her again the exact dates of marriage and divorce names of kids all of that is unknown but what is pertinent to mention is arif and his wife had two more children who tragically passed away less than a month after their respective births and arif's wife claims that their own father and their uncle farman were the reason of their deaths it is speculated that the father and brother i just need to give a trigger warning cooked and ate them they ate their heads first and then their brains this is a uh, it hasn't been confirmed it hasn't even been denied by the brothers i just thought it was important to the case so here you have these two brothers in this abandoned house they have no wives they have no children 
no parents they only have their disabled sister living with them and they're both free to do what they please coming back to Sarah Parveen the 24 year old girl whose body was missing from her allocated grave once the police did their investigation and they found out that Arif and Farman were somehow linked to the body being missing they raided the house and they found the younger brother Arif lying on a charpai a charpai is a wooden bed made out of jute so he was lying on a charpai in one corner of the courtyard as soon as he saw the police he broke down in a cold sweat and he started like rambling coat it it happens you know i i could get in trouble it will not happen again everything will be all right god willing everything will be all right god willing unquote so at this point the officer who is questioning who has raided arif's house and is looking at arif's behavior he's just like what is wrong with this guy is he nervous because he's been caught or is he mentally unstable like i can't seem to understand you know which one it is but the investigator who led the raid told bbc news that uh they discovered saira's butchered corpse at arif and farman's residence and then he goes on to describe the state of the house he says that there's this huge courtyard and at the end of one corner of that courtyard there's a storeroom and then there are two rooms uh and when they went towards that end the one room was unlocked and the other one was locked and it is said that the room that was unlocked was Arif's and because Farman was not here when the police raided their house the second room which was locked was Farman's and when the police asked Arif to unlock the second room which obviously he had to do they said that um the investigator said that their instantly was like this stale smell of cooking and this really like like really horrible smell of like flesh like dead flesh that just like went up their nose so the investigator quotes to bbc news quote in the middle of the room i saw a cooking pit which was full of meat curry nearby was a wooden board a butcher's knife a large kitchen knife bits of fat clung on the board and the blade of the axe unquote he went on to say that the food had attracted a colony of ants and when they followed the ants their line vanished under the bed inspector butty continues quote we followed the ants there were a couple of sacks of fertilizers under the bed we pulled them out and behind them inside a gunny bag we found the body unquote he goes on to say quote it still gives me the treat it still gives me the creeps they had chopped off one of her legs below the knee and the other one near the shin the rest of the body was intact the curry was made from those parts unquote a curry is a dish with sauce it's seasoned with spices and it's mainly associated with south asian cuisine but oh my god like i just need to like take a minute if i was the victim's family and i learned that not only was my loved one stolen from their grave but cut up mixed in to a pot with spices in order to be eaten i feel like that's unreal that's fucking unreal like what the hell like that is some next level i don't know who the fuck would do that and why 
Why would they do that? Okay, that's get the shit out of me. But it's just like, what? Like, how? Like, okay. So let okay. Just I'm just thinking. You know, we're not even like safe after death. So eventually, Ferman was also caught, and both the brothers were arrested. There is an interview that was conducted with both of these brothers, and they're speaking in Punjabi, which is their local language, and Urdu, which is the mother tongue of Pakistan. But I'm going to translate it for you guys because I think it's important. So the cameraman he focused Arif, and the police officer asks him, "What's your name?" Arif answers, "Muhammad Arif." The police officer asks, "What have you done?" Arif responds, "It wasn't me. It was my older brother." So the cameraman he moves the camera onto Farman's face, and the police asks him, "What is your name?" Farman says, "Koyli." मैं ये पहली लाश ले आया हूँ, which means this is the first body I have ever bought home. The police officer he repeats, this is the first body, and Farman nods. Then he asks Farman, in the pot there are pieces of meat. Whose meat is this? Farman replies, ये पाँव के हैं, which means the body parts are of the feet. The police asks, whose feet are they? Farman states a man's. The police ask, "Did you dig up a man's grave?" Farman replies, "Yes." Okay. Side note: Sarah Parveen is a female, so this clearly shows that Arif and Farman have been doing this for a while. This definitely isn't their first time, and he just kind of contradicted himself by saying, "This is my first body, but it's a man's body, and Sarah Parveen's body was found in the gunny bag." So. Yeah, it's not really looking good. The police officer goes on to ask, "How many years have you been digging graves and eating them?" Farman says, "I picked up three to four children, and this time a bury cover, an adult's grave." So again, Farman is not answering how many years he's been doing this, but he has confessed right now that again contradicting. This is not his first time, clearly. So he has dug up and. Cooked and eaten three to four children, an adult's grave, one male, one female. So I don't know. I don't know why. The okay. So the police officer asks, "Why do we eat human meat?" Farman replies, "Dunya ko dek dek kar," which means looking at the world. Shariqe ko dek dek kar. In Punjabi, Shariqe means your close male relatives, especially from your paternal side. So he is saying. that this is something that he has picked up from what he's seen around him what he's seen from his paternal side so it just makes me wonder uh what did you witness as a child what the fish did you learn from your paternal side and what do you mean i've picked this up from the world what the hell <laughs> i don't know cannibalism is something you pick up from the world but it just goes to show that This is something like I feel that this is something that has been happening around him. It's something that he's picked up. I don't know, maybe from like his dad's side, from his uncles, his cousins. I don't know. I don't know. So it's just very alarming. So then the interview goes on, and the police officer asks him, "What else has your paternal side taught you? Have you ever consumed dogs and cats meat?" And Farman says something, looking down, and the police officer tells him. Look up, look at the camera and speak and speak clearly. And Farman goes like, "Yes, I've eaten one dog." So at this point, I, your host, am 
completely disgusted by these brothers and i just cannot believe how many red flags and how many contradictions they have been and there's evidence and everything which clearly shows that this is not the first time it's just that they've been caught because of saira's brother lodging an fir so it's just i don't know very unsettling so what happened after the arrest after the investigation that took place both brothers were sentenced to wait for it two years in jail for stealing the body of a dead woman from her grave nobody's talking about how they the brothers not only stole the body cut them up and ate them it makes like no sense but according to pakistan's law at the time there was no law for cannibalism so that is why the pair only served 2 years in jail for desecrating a grave following their arrest <laughs> this is 2011 there have been no crimes of cannibalism before 2011 i'm going to really like research and see that but i think what it meant was in this particular district in this particular village of darya khan there was no case of cannibalism before that so okay um again like i just cannot believe that there was so much evidence there was so much that the police you know had found and had they just investigated further had they you know freaking done their job i'm sure the punishment could have you know gone way more than 2 years but then that would require the pakistan police to actually work and put effort in and work long hours and that's just not what they're about you know so from april 2011 to may june 2013 the brothers they fulfilled their jail time once their time was up they were allowed to go back home to darya khan and in upon their release the villagers were pissed off they were sh- shocked they were shocked that after committing these crimes they had such a lenient punishment so they protested by setting tires on fire on a major highway in which you know it just resulted in blocking the traffic first for a couple of hours it didn't really do anything else like i don't really agree with protesting violently you know i i i'm all for holding protests and doing it in a peaceful way but burning like setting like tires on fire and setting cars on fire and that just makes no sense to me so because of this the police had to take the brothers into protective custody so that you know the the crazy mob wouldn't lynch them and when the villagers calmed down the brothers skipped down and they kept a very very low profile and this is when i should be closing this episode i should be saying thank you so much for joining in and staying till right now to hear the story of the devourers of darkness and thank you for joining crime stories of pakistan but but i can't because these horrific absolutely disgusting brothers they are not done they are not done in 2014 which was a year they were released arif and farman's neighbors started noticing a strange odor coming from their house District Police Chief Amir Abdullah claimed, "Quote: Since informed the police that a stench emanated from the house of the two brothers, we raided the house on Monday morning and found the head of a young boy." Unquote. This boy 
was three years old. In some of the articles that I researched, it said that this toddler was two years old. So a two-year-old, three-year-old between that age gap, toddler was found. His head was found in these brothers' house. So it was the smell that prompted the neighbors to inform the police and allowed the police to crap open an investigation about the whereabouts of the brothers. Because when they raided the house, the brothers weren't there. The details of how the two brothers were caught is unclear, but the local police chief, Amir Abdullah, told BBC News, quote, They probably dug up his body from a grave, but the identity of the child and the graveyard from where his body was stolen is not clear, unquote. While Arif was in custody, the police were still looking for Farman. Arif initially admitted to helping his brother to chop to chop and cook the body of the toddler, but he blames it all on his elder brother and denies that he didn't devour the curry. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Arif. A day later, the police found and arrested Farman by the help of their family members the brothers' family members. According to the investigators, Arif and Farman had eaten parts of almost 150 bodies that they had excavated from graveyards. Some reports claim that the number of victims speculated could be up to 250 bodies. 250! And in order to verify this, the police spoke to the graveyard caretaker who claimed that out of 283 graves in the graveyard, only three seemed undisturbed. The, care, the, the graveyard caretaker stated that he was unable to reveal the truth because the brothers had threatened to kill him. He says, quote, I had seen them enter the graveyard several times during odd hours with their tools. While I tried to inform the residents, the brothers attacked me. They threatened to kill me if I exposed them. I remained silent, but I saw many defiled graves, many of which had no bodies, unquote. I mean, you're the graveyard caretaker. What the? That is what you're being paid for. That's your bloody job. So this time, when they were caught, the anti-terrorist court sentenced them to 11 years, four months. District police officer Shakir Hussain Dawar stated. Furthermore, they were also fined rupees 200,000, which is around about $2,400. The judge said if they failed to pay the fine, they would undergo another four months in prison. The court also ordered the prison staff to keep the brothers in separate cells. Additionally, the court recommended that the government should create a law banning cannibalism. Finally, in 2014, these details were confirmed by Mia Mohammed Rizwan, who was a public prosecutor. Nasir Ahmed Nasir, who is a president of a non-profit government organization in Darya Khan, said that people feel safer now that the brothers were behind bras. He added on to say that security of all graveyards have been enhanced and some graves were being guarded by private security guards. I don't agree that the crimes that were committed justified a measly 12 years of prison time. But I can understand because they didn't murder the victims, why that leniency was shown. But to violate someone that way, it's fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. It's like they're helpless. They're not there. They're dead, you know, like just even in that in their last moments of like, just let them rest in peace. You're not even letting them rest in peace because you want to fucking cut them up and fucking eat them. Like, what the fuck? 
So as of today, which is 2023, Arif and Farman have spent nine years in jail and they only have three years of jail time remaining. They will be released in 2026. And you know, I had initially mentioned that their mentally disabled sister was living with them. A few days after the brothers were sentenced to 12 years in prison, her body was found in the village lake. It is speculated that she was raped and murdered because villagers believe that she too was in on the crimes committed by her brother, both her brothers, which is fucking ridiculous because she doesn't have the capacity to know what is right or wrong. And it is like, this is the reason why education is so important. It is because of this illiteracy that this rage that people felt, it fueled this need to like take revenge. And by how? Fucking like raping and killing their disabled sister. Like it's fucking insane. But the question here is what made them commit these crimes? It's so clear that these brothers have been doing this for years. Nobody found out till 2011. But this is what the brothers told the police. Allegedly, years ago, they came into contact with a man whose name is undisclosed. It was this man who introduced them to cannibalism. This man had been doing this for several years and he informed the brothers that if they wanted to get back at their neighbors and they wanted to give a hard time to their neighbors, then they would have to do black magic on their neighbors. And in order to do black magic, there are two things that they would need to do. One is to write particular verses of the Quran in reverse. And the second thing was to eat human meat. In some of the articles, it has been mentioned that the police had found these scrolls of paper that had the Quran verses written in reverse. But there are no pictures, no videos, nothing of that information from what I've researched. The police till date have no information about this man. They have no idea who he is. They have no idea of where he is. So I I don't know. I don't know. It's so convenient, right? To blame it on this man who told us to do it. Okay. Uh, It is speculated that Arif had changing versions of his reasons for committing these filthy crimes. He stated that he was worried that he had lost two babies and he was advised to eat the dead for healthy children. You know, and and I just, you know, had informed you guys that before he had said it was to get back at their neighbors. So I don't know. I don't know if I believe that this was the sole reason for the brothers to start eating human meat. But it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, even if that was a reason, it just doesn't make sense. Could it be that they had seen this happen in their own household and surroundings because they were from a very poor family and they couldn't afford food? And we have been told by, you know, their cousin that their father used to abuse and torture them. And some of the articles did state that the father would force them to eat cat and dog meat. But again, I can't definitely give you a clear reason for why these brothers chose to horrendously violate their victims the way they did. They may have not killed them, but I don't know. Like, I feel like there's really no comparison, right? Like, whether you're a murderer or you're a cannibal, I think it's still very, you know, I don't know. There's, there's, You get what I'm saying, right? Like, it's just, I don't see why there should be leniency. So, Dr. Aisha Sitwath She's an acting director of the Center for Clinical Psychology in Punjab University, Lahore. 
She thinks that the psychological investigation of the brothers was more important than any police investigation. She states, quote, It is disappointing that the brothers have not been interrogated by a psychologist. It is very important to know whether it was purely a criminal mentality that led them to perform such acts or whether they have some genuine psychological problems. Although, side note, it's been stated that both the brothers seemed mentally fit, mentally stable. She goes on to say, quote, The police should invite a team of psychologists to study them, but given their past record, that is unlikely. Javed Akbal, who killed 100 children in Lahore, was also never interrogated by psychologists, and then he committed suicide. Not studying that case was a great loss, unquote. As far as suspicion goes, I asked myself, how come in this small rural village where everyone knows everyone, nobody saw, nobody knew anything that was happening over the years? <coughs> Cooking human flesh leaves a particular smell. So how do you not know? During the interrogation, Arif had stated, quote, when Farman bought the first child's body home and ate it, I told my extended family, they stopped talking to us, unquote. This would simply apply, this would simply imply that several people knew about the brothers' activities, but neither, nobody, did anything to stop them. Nobody went and informed the police about their activities. You know, when you're looking at the way these houses are, they are boundary walls of one house are not higher than like five feet of the other house. So what the brothers were doing, the smell, all of that, it can be easily monitored from adjacent houses. It is speculated that apart from their family, even neighbors appeared complicit in the crime, at least in terms of omission. But most of the villagers deny any prior knowledge of this crime, maintaining they only learned of it the day the police raided the house and found Syrah's corpse. There are, however, a few that admit it was an open secret in the village that the brothers were cannibals. A resident of their village stated, quote, Everybody in the village had some idea about their activities. But the people of their clan attempted to cover up because they thought if it became known knowledge, it would bring a bad name to the Rana Bharadri, the brotherhood, that village, unquote. An elder commented of their an, an elder commented about the community and said, quote, People in the city have started calling us eaters of human flesh. I wish the brothers' activities had never been unearthed. Unquote. As we come to the end of this episode, we are left pondering the unsettling question of how much truth was known to those around Arif and Farman. Had further investigation into their activities back in 2011 taken place, it would have altered the course of this chilling tale. It serves as a stark reminder that darkness can hide within the most seemingly ordinary individuals. And it challenges our understanding of human nature and the limits of our moral compass. As we conclude, let us not forget the victims whose lives were tragically affected by this case. May their memory inspire us to strive for a future where justice and humanity prevail, where no one falls victim to such horrors again. Thank you for joining me on the first episode of Crime Stories of Pakistan. Your comments and suggestions are greatly appreciated. Stay vigilant, stay compassionate. This is your host, Jehan, signing off. See you in the next episode.